Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. Welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Parenting Through the Coronavirus, number 31. I have been doing this now for 31 days. It's rather shocking to me that it's been so long. And we were under... We were under quarantine here a couple days before I started doing this webinar every day. So uh, we just finished week five of quarantine. We're heading into week six. Hard to imagine that it's been six weeks already or almost we're going into week six. But it is what it is, right? So I am also streaming live in my Facebook group with the same name as my podcast, Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. And these episodes are going up on my podcast uh, as episodes. So I have welcomed a bunch of new people into the group. So welcome. And several of you have talked about some of the topics that you are struggling with at home. So I thought that I would take some of these episodes here as webinars and cover some of them. So today I wanted to talk about staying calm and not yelling when your kids trigger you. This is a parenting topic which is useful and necessary to understand always. And I think it's even more important during this quarantine because we're all our all of our lives are disrupted our schedules are disrupted put on hold in many ways our kids aren't in school they're doing remote learning we might be working from home we might have lost our job we might just need time to ourselves and not get any of it um i was talking with a friend this week who has two little kids at home. I think her kids are two and five. And so she said she is, she is having a hard time finding time to herself where she can be alone for five minutes. She's got kids crawling all over her all day because little kids, toddlers, babies, of course, they need lots of touching. They need lots of physical connection. You're holding them, they're sitting in your lap, they're hugging you, it's wonderful. But at a time like this, it can be exhausting. 
because you're doing, you're literally doing heavy lifting of their little bodies. And you can actually get all touched out when little kids are with you 24 seven and you stay at home parents. I know that you know what I'm talking about. And so it's very easy to be kind of up to here with everything and at our breaking point. And what can happen is we get... Now, when we get triggered by our kids, we can get triggered for a whole host of reasons. We can get triggered if our self-care hasn't been very good, if we haven't done a really good job of taking care of ourselves and refilling our own buckets. In the case of my friend, I was talking to her about how she can find some time to herself, whether that's taking a walk, whether that's sleeping when the kids are napping, staying up a little bit later, maybe shifting or sharing some of the responsibility with her husband. Maybe she sleeps later in the morning. Maybe she gets up before the kids. Uh, just finding ways to get some alone time. That's really important. If that's what your need is. If you need connection, then you have to find ways to get connection with other people. Zoom calls, um, once a week or so, my friend and I, my neighbor, we go for a walk, staying socially distant, of course, but we take a walk together. And otherwise, we never see each other. We talk, on, we, we talk over text and stuff, but otherwise, we never see each other. And so that's our way of connecting when we can't really connect. So there are many different ways. My husband connects up with his art friends on a Zoom call. And then they draw and chat and hang out the same way they would if they were in the same room together. So there are many ways to find opportunities to connect and to get alone time, depending on what your needs are. But it's really important to meet your needs because if you're not meeting your own needs, then your tolerance will be lower, your stress will be higher, and your tendency to get triggered by your kids will be much more sensitive. You're going to much more easily get triggered, which is not going to help anyone. So I would say that self-care is really number, step number one. That is really the most important thing. Now, self-care pre-corona may have been challenging for you because your schedule was too busy. You had too many things going on. You were working, you were commuting, you were running the kids around all day, all night and all weekend. And so it was challenging to find time for self-care. Now it might be challenging to find space for self-care. Meaning... How do you get time away from the kids to take care of yourself? And so if you have a significant other at home, it may require some coordinating of schedules, some teamwork, some give and take. You take the kids for this hour. I take the kids for that hour, whatever it is. But coordinating the child care is going to be so beneficial to give you 
the time and space you need to take care of yourself. And then what does self-care look like? Can look like different things for different people. For me, self-care is a nice long walk with the dog. It's exercise. Those are really the two things that make me feel good. Sometimes my family members go on a walk with me. And that's lovely because we're taking a walk together. We're chatting. We're having a good time. Whether it's my kids, my niece, my husband. That's really lovely. But it doesn't meet my need of alone time. And I know that I need a certain amount of alone time. So I love when they go for a walk with me, but I'm very aware that in that bit of time, I'll be moving and getting exercise and connecting with them, but I'm not going to get that need for alone time met. So I know that at some other point during the day, I'm going to have to find some way to be alone. So making sure that you are finding ways to care for yourself and fill your own bucket. You can't pour from a cup that's empty. That old saying, and it's so true. You're not going to be good and helpful to those around you, your loved ones, if you are depleted, exhausted, stressed, and not refilling your own bucket. So self-care is number one. Number two is the concept of the iceberg. So this is an important concept to understand in order to not get triggered by your kids. So the iceberg is a way of understanding their behavior. And I will show it to you in just a second. Okay, so let's talk about the iceberg. A child's behavior is an iceberg. So what you see on the top, this little bit on the top, is their behavior. So their behavior could be lying, whining, tantrums, disrespect, fighting with their siblings, talking back, not cleaning their room, not listening, not doing their schoolwork. It could be a million different things. That's what we see on the top. But look at this huge chunk underneath. This is what's really going on. So what could be really going on? They could be feeling embarrassed, disrespected. They could have a need for connection. They could have a need for exercise or downtime. They could have all of these different needs. And some of the needs are physical in nature and they're easier to figure out. Are they hungry? Are they tired? Are they overstimulated? Do they need some rest? Are they bored and they need to burn off some energy? Some of those things are easier to figure out, in which case you just meet that need try to meet that need. Give them the rest or the movement that they need or the food or the rest. The rest, yeah. Maybe an earlier bedtime, maybe sleeping in, what have you. Maybe a nap if they're younger. The, the emotional needs are a little more challenging. Sometimes they might act up because they, had, they, might be, they might yell at you and talk back to you. And then you find out later that they had an argument with their friend. Or that... They were looking forward to connecting with their friend on FaceTime and then suddenly their friend 
wasn't available, especially during this pandemic. So you ask them a question, they snap at you. You could easily, if you stay at the top of this, you could easily get angry, get triggered and angry. Maybe you're stressed and you're overtired and you haven't been taking care of yourself. They snap at you, you get triggered and you yell at them or you punish them or you berate them. How dare you talk to me like that? That's totally disrespectful. Go to your room right now. Well, now, now you guys are upset with each other and you've been focused on the tip of the iceberg, the behavior, but you haven't even done anything to figure out why they were so upset. So in this example, a better way of approaching the situation might be to say, if you ask them a question and they snap at you, instead of yelling at them and being triggered about how they spoke to you, maybe you might pause for a second, take a step back in your mind, breathe it out, and then say, wow, you really seem upset. What's happening? I asked you a, que a simple question and you yelled at me. Is something bothering you? Do you see how much different the energy of that sounds? It sounds very supportive and loving and compassionate and not triggered. So you can be triggered and stay on the surface and say, how dare you speak to me like that? Go to your room right now. Or you could be loving and compassionate and not triggered and say, wow, something must really be bothering you for you to snap at me like that. What's going on? Is there any way I can help? Do you want to talk about it? Much more loving and gentle. Kind of the way we would speak to a friend, right? So the behavior is the thing up here that we tend to focus on. And as parents, we're fearful or triggered and we just want to stop the behavior. We just want to stop it, eliminate it. So our instinct is to punish it away or threaten it away or resist it or fight it away. But we have never addressed any of the other stuff underneath. So we might stop the behavior with a punishment, but we haven't addressed the root cause of what made them act that way in the first place. So... Instead of getting triggered by the behavior and stuck up here, let's instead put our detective hat on and let's see if we can go on a mission to figure out what is causing the behavior. It requires us to look at behavior as a form of communication. Behavior is a form of communication. It's not the thing to focus on. So if we see the behavior as letting us know about an unmet need under the surface. And we put our detective hat on and then we go snooping around to see if we can figure out what is the unmet need. Then if we can meet that, if we can figure out what the unmet need is and we can meet that need, a lot of times the behavior either diminishes or disappears without the need for punishment. Not only without the need for punishment, but through deep connection. So 
instead of being angry and triggered over the behavior, we bring compassion and connection to our child. We address the root problem and then the behavior goes away. It's such a different way of looking at things and it's so beneficial. It is so beneficial. So if you look at this and if you, if you step one, take care of yourself, give yourself the care that you need, understand what it is you need to feel good and then find ways to give that to yourself so that you can have your bucket filled regularly. Second, think of, see their behavior through the lens of this iceberg, because that is how you will start to understand their behavior rather than be triggered by their behavior. And if you do those two things, it's going to be a lot easier for you to not yell at them and to connect with them and support them while still holding the boundary of the behavior. So if you ask your child a question and they snap at you, you can call, quote unquote, call them out on the behavior. You can acknowledge, whoa, wow, I asked you a question and you yelled at me. What's going on? You're calling out the behavior, so you're letting them know that what they're doing is not acceptable, but you're not doing it in a controlling, punishing, triggered sort of a way. You're not allowing the behavior or condoning the behavior. You're just approaching it in a different way. You're acknowledging that, wow, this is something we need to figure out here, but in a very gentle way. So I hope that looking at the, their behavior through the lens of this iceberg will really help you all not to get triggered and not to yell. And when you find yourself yelling or triggered, go back to step one and ask yourself, how is my bucket full? Have I been meeting my own needs? What are my needs and have I been meeting them? I'm going to predict that the answer to that question when you're triggered and yelling is going to be no. You either don't know what your needs are, you may or may not know what they are, but you're certainly not meeting them. So go back to step one, take care of yourself, and then see their behavior through the lens of this iceberg. If you have any questions about this, feel free to comment below or send me an email. I'm happy to go into further discussions about it if you need to, because I'm telling you, this is how I stop yelling at my kids. I never yell. I used to yell. I used to flip out and carry on like a ridiculous fool. But my kids now actually say to me, mom, you never yell. And they don't even have a memory of me yelling. How cool is that? I have a memory of it, but they don't. Because I did so much work on myself that now I truly don't yell. There are times when I know my stress level and my frustration tolerance or my stress is high and my frustration tolerance is low, and I will warn them. And I will say, you know what, guys? <laughs> I am not in the mood right now. I had a rough day or whatever. I'm tired. I, I'm just not in the mood. So I give them a warning, and then they respect it, and then they leave me alone. So uh, this is powerful stuff. I highly recommend 
that you do those two things, care for yourself and look at their behavior through the lens of the iceberg. It's super, 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 super helpful. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. If you want to get in touch with me and talk further about it, I would love to. All right. I'll see you here same time tomorrow. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to Aaron at Aaron-Taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.